0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Chris Robinson Travel Show. Heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zuma Radio, the new AM 740. From exotic locales a continent away to weekend stays down the highway. Pack a suitcase and your vacation imagination. It's time for the Chris Robinson Travel Show on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
1: Hi, welcome to the Chris Robinson Travel Show, where for the next hour we're going to take you on a tour of some of the weird and wonderful things that can be found from one end of Ontario to the other. From hell holes and serpent mounds to covered bridges and carousels. And the man who has spent a lifetime seeking out the odd and the peculiar in our own backyard is author and broadcaster Ron Brown. Welcome to The Travel Show, Ron.
2: It's good to be uh, with you, Chris, and uh, giving you a virtual tour of some of the more unusual things we find in this province. Well, there's plenty of them, and you've discovered a lot. Of course, you've written over a dozen books on Ontario's many attractions,
1: both the Orthodox and the Oddball. But this latest one is kind of the icing on the cake, isn't it?
2: Well, I rather like this one. We've... uh, the Publisher did a very nice job with the photographs, and uh, people seem to appreciate uh, just what's in their in their own backyard that they probably didn't even know was there. So the book is entitled "Top 125
1: Unusual Things to See in Ontario," and that's a lot to pack into. What is really a, a coffee table book, I guess.
2: Well, it is. It's uh, we wrote the chapters in bite sizes, so you can. I, I call it a bathroom book. I mean, you can. <laughs> The chapters are just the right length, if you know what I mean. But uh, it's very readable because you can get through a chapter very quickly. You've got directions. You've got photographs. And uh, I'm I'm rather pleased with the result. And
1: not just a a coffee table or indeed a bathroom book, but, but a book to be taken on the road with you.
2: Well, yes, it is. Uh, a lot of folks like to pack it in the car and take the, the kids uh, off on a, a day jaunt. In fact, you can even uh, uh, put in two or three days for some of the places, especially if you're going further afield, northern Ontario, for example.
1: Yep. And I love the word jaunt, by the way, because I think that, that's perfect for this book. The, these are really 125 jaunts.
2: They are. And the, just every one of them is something you can actually see. It's not like you're going to be trespassing on anybody's private property. They're either accessible directly or you can see them from the road, so no worries about that.
1: Great, and you've organized it into four different regions of Ontario.
2: Uh, Yes, we uh, we, we gathered the feedback from people and they would have preferred to say, they live in eastern Ontario, well let's go see what's there. Mm -hmm. They live in southwestern Ontario. It's a forgotten part of the province uh, by those of us who live in the GTA and, and big cities, but there's a lot of neat stuff anywhere you go.
1: So let's get on the road and let's start with
2: one of those four regions in the book, Eastern Ontario, yeah. which ranges from the Quebec border, yes, to Peterborough. It does indeed, and there's quite a bit, uh, quite a bit there. And I know you personally are, are familiar with uh, with some of them, uh, such yeah. as the uh, the gold fields of El Dorado. this that unsurprisingly, that's how they pronounce it there instead of the more common El Dorado. And this began. Uh, Back in the 1860s when a prospector stumbled literally into a cave and and found some, what he claimed were gold nuggets, but there really wasn't that much gold there. So the the landowners did what they call salted the claims, which meant they they brought gold from elsewhere, scattered them around to make it look like they were worth quite a lot. So the boom came, the town grew up, 80 buildings on a dozen streets. Most of them are hotels or boarding houses. Uh, But then when uh, they realized they were being had, the prospectors uh, went back to where they came from, and uh, El Dorado became a bit of a ghost town. A few mines did operate for a brief period of time, uh, but they didn't last very long either. Yeah, it's now a very quiet and very scenic little spot. Very pretty, yes. It's on Highway 62, a bit north of Maydock, as you make your way up into the hills of Hastings County. And
1: uh, another one that uh, I've seen relatively recently is uh, well, you've termed it Canada's
2: Gibraltar. Oh yeah, that's a beautiful site. That's on uh, Mazinaw Lake, on Highway 41, and uh, part of Bon Echo Provincial Park. And uh, it's, it's quite stunning. There's uh, inscriptions on it. There's um, First Nations red ochre paintings on it, and uh, I call it Gibraltar because it looks huge. It's uh, a giant. Uh, a uh, cliff soaring out of the lake. And uh, you can see it from the opposite side because it's only a few hundred meters across. And uh, the the coloration in the rock is quite special. And when, when the sun shines on it late in the afternoon, it just turns this thing into red and gold. It's about 150 meters high, straight up, yeah. And the last time I was there standing on the shore, you could hear the wolves howling from the top oh, of the rock. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't hear the wolves howling, but I was certainly struck by... Uh, Pe- people do like to... Well, the cliff climbers like to, to scale up that rock. And I guess if they... Don't quite make it. There's water to fall into. Anyway. <laughs> well, I still wouldn't like <laughs> to do it, that. It, it, it's stunning. It's beautiful.
1: We actually talked about this one on our show with Ontario's Highlands in, in July because it falls within, mm-hmm. uh, within that area. Oh, yes. And I think it's one of their crown jewels. Oh,
2: absolutely it is. I, yeah, for sure.
1: Okay. So that, that is a massive piece of rock. How
2: about something that is a little smaller, uh, the, the Roseneath Carousel? The Roseneath Carousel is unusual because it's the the horses are so old it's about 40 wooden horses which were built around 1904 in Abilene Kansas eventually made their way up to Brantford in the 1930s where the Roseneath Agricultural Organization purchased them for under $500 around $500 and moved them up to Roseneath restored them beautifully And it's now an operating carousel. Uh, You can pay a few dollars and take your family into it. But what I like especially about it is they have an original Wurlitzer pipe organ. Right. Right, which operates on these paper scrolls that you often see. And instead of hearing some of these old Time tunes. You can go there and sit on the horse and go bouncing around in this merry-go-round or carousel, more properly, to rock around the clock or locomotion. <laughs> and they do that all themselves. They get the music and transcribe them onto the scripts. It's, it's great. <clears throat> so many to choose from in, in
1: this region. Another one that I've been to personally that had me just shaking my head as to how it could possibly be there is at the Lake on the Mountain.
2: Well, the Lake on the Mountain was a mystery for many years. And let's uh, put ourselves in places down around Picton. Right. So we're in Prince Edward County. Picton is Prince Edward County, and sort of the north and east shores of the county consist of very high cliffs. And uh, sitting on the top of one of these cliffs is a lake. I mean, you're you're about 100 meters above the water, and you're looking pretty much straight down at the water, and you look behind you, and here's this darn lake. Well, there was a lot of sort of myth about it. Where did it come from? It's mysterious. It doesn't have a bottom and all that kind of hokum. But eventually, scientists and geologists got their act together and realized it was spring-fed, hmm. about 50 meters deep, and uh, like I say, it uh, completely overlooks the uh, the Bay of Quinte. Um, but one thing that sort of mystified them to this day, and may be true, it may not be true, but its water level is consistent with the water levels in Lake Erie, which is
1: absurd because which is, that's it's a long ways a away.
2: Way. <laughs> um, I don't put a lot of credibility into that theory. But still, it, it keeps the mystery element of it alive, I think. Yeah,
1: I love it. And that's, that's what characterizes so many of the, the sites that you've, you've chosen. And, and sometimes it's, it's just your headings that, that actually lure you in. I mean, what a great one, The Dune That Ate a Town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I kind
2: of like to uh, took a few liberties with that. But uh, this started thanks to the American's love of beer, if you can believe that. Back in the 1860s, uh, the American government put a tax on whiskey. So a lot of the Americans switched to beer, and beer is made of barley. And some of the best barley around was grown in Prince Edward County, which was not very far across the lake, really, from uh, Oswego and Rochester. Uh, so the farmers there said, all right, well, we've got to clear off some fields for some, to grow some barley. They had been grazing cattle at that time. Okay. Well, very close nearby was this ridge of dunes, which had a lot of grass on them. So they said, okay, well, the the grass is what caused the dunes to be stable. The dunes were created first by winds blowing in off of Lake Ontario, blowing the sand up and so on. So the cattle bunched happily away there and exposed the dunes to the winds. And the winds began to blow and the dunes began to move. And they moved across roads. They moved across farm fields, farm buildings, a resort, a church, and a (laughs) brickwork's. And so it didn't literally eat a town, but it did cover over an awful lot of existing structures. And uh, some of the locals down there will, will try to tell you that uh, if you listen carefully, under the dunes, you can hear the bell of the church ringing uh, away. <laughs> well, I think some of those people uh, might have been doing a little bit more than just sitting around the campfire uh, <laughs> drinking Cokes <laughs> to hear those bells beneath the dunes. But they're quite stunning. They're 50 meters up above the lake. And... Uh, some of the old trees are, are, are exposed. You can see two root systems in some of those trees where the the dunes have kind of moved down the root system. It's it's uh, quite a beautiful Let's spot to go in. let
1: squeeze one more into this segment before okay. we, we leave, and Perfect. that's the hellholes of eastern <coughs> Ontario. We'll have to be quick with this one. But.
2: Uh, geologists love this. Hellholes yeah. <laughs> happen when a soft layer of limestone uh, erodes under a hard layer of limestone creating cracks in the surface and if you look down those cracks it's very dark and some of the early pioneers thought you know if you go down there you're gonna go straight to hell one fellow decided to hold his wedding ceremony down there. I don't know what that says about his approach to marriage. <laughs> wonder if he's still married.
1: <laughs> Those, by the way, are within very easy driving distance, too, for our Montreal listeners. So yes, right, right they're there. just
2: a bit north of the 401 on Highway 41. Good signs leading to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to
1: find out more about Ron Brown's discoveries in Ontario, visit his website at the appropriately named ronbrown.com. Dot .ca and stay tuned in the next segment we're going to head south and west across Ontario to discover a whole new collection of curiosities you're listening to the Chris Robinson Travel Show
3: it's the Chevrolet 5-Day Ultimate Upgrade Event, which means for five days in September, it's your chance to get an ultimate upgrade at your GTA Chevrolet dealer. Drive in a 99 or newer in any maker model, and we'll give you an additional $750 discount. That's on top of 0% financing for 84 months on virtually all 2014 Chevrolets. If you're paying any interest, you're paying too much. So see your GTA Chevrolet dealer today for your ultimate upgrade. Only from September 16th to 20th. OAC, see dealer for details. You had a project.
0: Painting your bathroom. Next thing you know, the might as well effect sets in. Might as well paint the hallway while we're at it. And might as well do the bedroom, too. And might as well do the office, the den, the kitchen... So for the might as well effect, Rona has the free paint event Thursday to Sunday, September 18th to 21st for interior and exterior paint from Seco and other select brands. Buy two 3.78 liter cans and get the third one free. So what are you waiting for at Rona and Rona Home and Garden? What's your next project? Certain conditions apply. It could be the most thoughtful gift you'll ever give the ones you love. By pre-planning with Catholic Cemeteries, you'll save your family from making stressful decisions during a difficult time. For a limited time, Catholic Cemeteries will waive their standard down payment requirement and provide interest-free payment terms up to 48 months. Catholic Cemeteries, Archdiocese of Toronto, where faith is awakened, renewed, and strengthened. To receive a free estate planning guide and DVD, visit catholic-cemeteries.com. Odds of you hitting the lottery are 1 in 14 million. Odds of winning Jamaica, 1 in 10. Say again? Ten qualifiers and one winner each week. I like the sound of that. Everyone loves the sound of the AM740 jet. Starting Monday, listen for it, and you could be taking off with the new AM740 and signature vacations to the renowned beaches of Negril, Jamaica, where you and a guest will stay at the five-star Ryu Palace Tropical Bay. This outstanding, all-inclusive inspires romance with its charming Victorian style and lush, tranquil gardens. There are five restaurants, four bars, and two pools. Listen weekday mornings between 6 and 10 to The Happy Gang and again between 2 and 6 on the Afternoon Express. When you hear the AM740 Jet, call in and qualify for an unforgettable vacation for two from Signature Vacations, Ryu Hotels and Resorts, and Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. GMC's Canada-wide clearance event is on now, and inventory is moving fast. For a limited time, drive home any 2014 GMC with 0% financing for 84 months. That's 0% on the fuel-efficient GMC terrain, spacious Acadia, and 0% on the redesigned 2014 Sierra 1500, awarded Ajax Best New Pickup. So hurry into your GMC dealer, 0% for 84 months and September 30th. Visit gmc.gm.ca for details. Exciting destinations. Compelling conversation. You're listening to The Chris Robinson Travel Show on Zoomer Radio, the new
1: AM740. Hi, I'm Chris Robinson and welcome back to our quest for the unusual in Ontario. And to guide us through this catalogue of quirkiness is Ron Brown, author of the recently published Top 125 Unusual Things to See in Ontario. Now, in the first segment of the show, we were talking about the oddities to be found in the east of the province. So now let's move across to the southwestern part of the province, the region that lies between Lake Erie and the southern part of Lake Huron and and Georgian Bay. And no shortage of quirks and oddities here
2: on. Absolutely not. A lot of people don't pay much attention to southwestern Ontario unless you actually live there. Those of us in the GTA, I think, uh, consider Lake Erie to be uh, Ontario's forgotten south coast. In fact, some of the promoters down there have used that Ontario's south coast. And uh, there's some great stuff uh, to be seen down there. Uh, uh, Canada's most southerly point of mainland. And Everyone's uh, got to
1: go there because you're, you know, you're standing on the same latitude as, what, northern California? Northern
2: California. And yeah. you've got uh, the waves coming at you from both sides. It's a pencil-thin right. point of land, really, a stabbing out into uh, to Lake Erie, one of uh, Canada's first national parks as well. And, of course, birding enthusiasts will uh, not need any introduction to this. Uh, birding enthusiasts... Uh, People love to watch the bright orange monarch butterflies migrate through, although their numbers, sadly, are dwindling. They are down this year, for sure. And one surprise to me is it's a, a habitat for a native cactus species oh. in Ontario. In fact, oh. inspired by that, I have my own cactus garden now. They survive all year. Gosh.
1: Yeah. Oh, who knew that? One of your the new additions to, to, to this uh, latest compendium is Lake Erie's Cold War submarine. And I was astonished <coughs> at this one.
2: Well, they made about a half dozen of these things back in the 60s. It's the Oberon-class submarine. This one is called the HMS o- Ojibwa, And, uh, well, it was, it's maintained and uh, taken care of by the Elgin County Military Museum. Now, they decided, their little museum is up in St. Thomas, that they decided they wanted to enhance their museum by going out and buying a tank. So they sent a couple of their members out to look right. for a tank. They found a submarine <laughs> in Halifax. As one does. Yes, yeah, one does. <laughs> Probably still a couple down there. So they, uh, they decide, okay, well, let's buy this thing, okay? Step number two, how to get it to Port yeah. Burwell, which is a little, beautiful little fishing village, uh, not too much fishing going on there now, on the shore of Lake Erie, south, uh, southwest of Tilsonburg. So they, had, they couldn't actually motor it up the St. Lawrence, because you've got the St. Lawrence Seaway, you've got the Welland Canal. So they had to barge it. So they barged it up the Seaway, barged it up the Welland Canal, barged it across Lake Erie, and then once they got it to Port Burwell, they actually had to construct a highway, a short highway from the lake up to the place where they wanted to locate the submarine. So they used hydraulic lifts and inched this thing up into place. This thing is the length of a football field and rises five stories Wow, It's still equipped with torpedoes. And uh, up on top of the, um, the top story there, there's a little deck where the captain would sit in his chair when the, the submarine was at dock. And you can make tours of it. You can do an outside tour. You can do an inside tour. And you can see where 64 crew members, submariners as they call them, had to sleep. They had 24 beds and uh, they would sort of take turns. They would share the same sleeping bags. For six months Ooh. at a time. Could be up to six months at a time. So you can imagine what it was like. And that's why it's important, I think, for people to get an appreciation of what life was like on a submarine during the Cold War era.
1: Well, I'm adding that one to my personal list. I've been to the Bunker in uh, just outside of Ottawa mm-hmm. as a
2: Cold War reminder, if you
1: like. So oh, this, yeah. this would be very interesting. To, uh, uh, I
2: think you'd find it very interesting. If you take, take your kids there... You know, you really enjoy it.
1: One of the, the sites in this uh, region that I have taken the kids to uh, is the fossil hunter's fantasy, as you uh, <laughs> term it, uh,
2: the Rock Glen Gorge. It's, uh, it's hard to find fossils that you can actually take home with you mm-hmm. because they're embedded into hard rock usually. Or they're in a provincial park that doesn't yeah. allow you to collect. This is actually a conservation area, so it's a public area. And you are allowed to collect fossils. A few conditions, of course, you you can't sort of wrench them out of the the sides of the gorge itself. You have to get it from the the rock which has fallen into the gorge. But after a rainstorm, the shale in which they're embedded becomes soft, Hmm. and you can actually pluck them out with your hands. And they allow you to do that, and the conservation uh, authority gives you a little booklet. So, you can help identify all these uh, fossils. I can't pronounce any of them, of course, but. <laughs> Spirophar,
1: I remember, is one of the brachiopods, one of the shells yeah. that you can, you can I, I get. M- I remember
2: brachiopods, but. There's,
1: yeah, it's tremendous for, for families, of course, because everyone loves hunting for. Oh, yeah, for it's, these it's, it's
2: so easy for kids. So. And
1: we're, we're just, uh, we're actually quite close to London here. Yeah?
2: It's a bit uh, west of London near yeah. a community called Arcona. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um,
1: Another one that took my uh, my eye was the ghost squirrels of Exeter.
2: (laughs) What are the ghost squirrels? Well, I call them ghost squirrels for two reasons. Uh, First of all, they're white, pure white. Second of all, they're very elusive. (laughs) There's about 120 of them down there in Exeter, and they're not albinos, as one might expect. They're mutations of the gray squirrel. And uh, they've been uh, known for – since shortly after the 1900s. You're not allowed to hunt them. You're not allowed to capture them. And they have become so iconic that the business improvement area has adopted them as their symbol. So, you can find them on the banners and uh, in the gift shops of uh, Exeter, Ontario. So,
1: British Columbia can have their white bears. We've got our white squirrels in Ontario.
2: (laughs) We we, we do indeed. (laughs)
1: Um, Another – Perhaps better known, because so many of yours are 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 not well known as, as they should be. But one of the uh, the more well known uh, items on the list here are, is the last covered bridge in the whole of the province of Ontario.
2: Well, people who travel down east, uh, Quebec, and the Maritimes know there's an awful lot of covered bridges there. Not sort of known so much in Ontario. Uh, the British engineers didn't seem to like building covered bridges, but uh, they served a real purpose. Uh, they would keep the snow from uh, con- collecting on the, on the wooden bridges and uh, causing them to rot and so on. We only had about a dozen covered bridges, and the, that at West Montrose, <clears throat> which is near Elmira, is actually the last one. It's, it's quite long. It's about uh, 80 meters long. It's very picturesque. It, very picturesque. It's right over across the Grand River, and there's a couple of good vantage points with your camera, but... What I like about it is that you can stand there at the bridge, and if the timing is right, you can hear the clip-clop of horses pulling a buggy mm. through the bridge. takes you right back to the 1880s when it was built. These are the horses and buggies of the old order, Mennonites, because it's right in the heart of Mennonite country. And if you hear the clip-clopping stop in the middle of the bridge, then you'll know how it got its nickname, the Kissing Bridge.
1: (laughs) Lovely. I've got a particular affection for this bridge because it was actually on the route of a uh, marathon race that I ran, the uh, the Waterloo Marathon. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the one marathon I've run where it poured with rain from beginning to end. So the only respite that I got was in the West Montrose Covered Bridge as we ran through there. Yes, it
2: would be. I guess, did everybody actually stop when they got under the bridge there? I I know I would have. Yeah, it would have been the sensible thing to do. I wouldn't have been kissing anybody, but it would (laughs) have (laughs) been trying to stay dry.
1: Now, look at some of the other items uh, that we we could visit here. Secrets of the Swamp, um, the Hole in the Hill, Woodstock's Death Mask. I mean, that's a particularly gruesome one.
2: Woodstock's a very historic town. It's got a lot of heritage buildings, it's got heritage railway stations in it, and it's got the the county courthouse, which in the early days is where people were executed. Now what the hangman had to be careful of was the length of the rope, Mm -hmm. right? If the rope was too long, the poor culprit convict would go shooting straight down at a heck of a rate. If the rope was too short, he'd be kind of left dangling with the rope around his neck. Mm. In this particular case, the rope was too long. The gentleman being executed was too portly. He went shooting down and, uh, shall we say, his torso became separated from his head. And if you go into the entrance of this courthouse, which is now a health center, you can see this mask carved in stone on the side of the door. This individual who was unlucky enough to suffer that fate. Hundred and fifty years ago.
1: Oh, okay, last last one for this segment too. But let's let's end on a um, a prettier note, <laughs> a more upbeat note. Lord, let's do that.
2: Let's do that. <laughs> and that for me is the Laura Gorge. Again, it's somewhere oh, I that it. I know very well and have walked. Yeah. It, is, it is gorgeous. Laura Gorge. Is, you come across it very suddenly because it's kind of like a cleft in the farm fields mm. there. It's got some interesting rock formations, the lover's leap, tooth of time, um, hanging gardens and so on. It's just got so many incredible things, but you can't see them from the sides of the cliff. You have to kind of go down in a, yep. a, a, a flotation tube or a kayak or something to, to best see them. But it's, it's a very beautiful site. It's part of a conservation area as well. And, of course, very close by you have the lovely town of Elora itself. Yeah.
1: Lovely lovely spot indeed. You can find out more about Ron's new book at fireflybooks.com or Ron's own online resource at ronbrown.ca. We'll be back right after a quick trip to the Twilight Zone as we tour another region of Ontario for the weird and the wonderful. You're listening to The Chris Robinson Travel Show.
3: It's the Chevrolet 5-Day Ultimate Upgrade Event, which means for 5 days in September, it's your chance to get an ultimate upgrade at your GTA Chevrolet dealer. Drive in a 99 or newer in any maker model, and we'll give you an additional $750 discount. That's on top of 0% financing for 84 months on virtually all 2014 Chevrolets. If you're paying any interest, you're paying too much. So see your GTA Chevrolet dealer today for your ultimate upgrade. Only from September 16th to 20th. OAC. See dealer for details we
0: Amid the charming boutiques and cafes of Kingston Road Village in the Upper Beaches, an extraordinary condominium is coming. Kingston & Co. The Co. stands for community, a space to share with friends and family. Imagine spacious homes, a community rooftop garden with views of the lake, amenities such as a workshop and tool room. In the neighbourhood, one of Toronto's best-kept secrets, but not for long. Kingston & Co., one- to three-bedroom condominiums from the low 300s. Register now at kingstonandco.ca.
2: People know laser eye surgery was a breakthrough, but they don't realize the technology hasn't stopped
0: there. Cherry Tab, co-founder of the Herzig Eye Institute.
2: At Herzig, we've taken laser vision correction to a whole new level. It's called eye design. It's 25 times more accurate than before, and Herzig is the first in Canada to offer it. There's amazing technology in vision correction today. See the whole picture. Make sure you're getting high-definition vision.
0: Herzig Eye Institute. Call today or visit Herzigeye.com for a no-obligation consultation. Canada's most accomplished leading man, David Rogers, honors the legendary heroes of Phantom of the Opera, Camelot, Fiddler on the Roof, Oklahoma, and more in Broadway Heroes, live on stage at the Dunfield Theatre, Cambridge. A perfect blend of comedy, drama, and passion, this production hits all the right notes. Broadway Heroes, three weeks only, October 1st to October 18th. Call 519-621-8000 or visit DunfieldTheatreCambridge.com. The voice that has kept lovers longing is coming to the Mississauga Living Arts Center, the amazing Engelbert Humperdinck. Tell me when will you be mine? When is October 17th at 8 p.m. Tell me Kwanda Kwanda. Get ready for an evening with the king of romance. I had the last one. Tickets for Engelbert Humperdinck are on sale now. Call 905-306-6000 or livingartscenter.ca.
3: It's the Chevrolet 5-Day Ultimate Upgrade Event, which means for 5 days in September, it's your chance to get an ultimate upgrade at your GTA Chevrolet dealer. Drive in a 99 or newer in any maker model, and we'll give you an additional $750 discount. That's on top of 0% financing for 84 months on virtually all 2014 Chevrolets. If you're paying any interest, you're paying too much. So see your GTA Chevrolet dealer today for your ultimate upgrade. Only from September 16th to 20th. OAC. See dealer for details.
0: Living the dream vacation. This is the Chris Robinson
1: Travel Show on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. Welcome back to the Chris Robinson Travel Show and our tour of the top 125 unusual things to see in Ontario, as collected and cataloged and discovered by my guest in the studio this week, Ron Brown. Ron, the third section of your new book takes us uh, right into central Ontario, from, from Georgian Bay to Niagara via Toronto itself. And you found around 40 sites to see in this region. Mm-hmm. Where would you like to start here?
2: You know where I'd like to start? The place I grew up, Scarborough Bluffs. Hmm. Uh, they're unusual because they're unlike anything else you find in the province. Uh, one particular area has got the, uh, the odd name is the Dutch Chapel. Now, let's back up a little bit. Scarborough Bluffs were formed, eons ago when a large river flowed into a much higher predecessor to Lake Ontario, creating a delta. Well, as the waters receded following the last ice age, they began to erode and these cliffs were formed. And they consist of alternating layers of soft sand and hard clay. Okay. Now, in the spring, that clay basically turns to soup and slips down the side of the bluffs and the sand follows them. And what this has done is they've created ridges, created pillars. And the ridges uh, near where I used to live uh, form a rather interesting spectacle. So the geologists call it a Dutch chapel because they look like buttresses on the, on the side of a Dutch church. Right. And uh, Bluffers Park is there now, so you can actually drive down. When we were kids, we used to have to scramble down these <laughs> cliffs at our peril.
1: Yeah, it's... But I, I
2: love the bluffs. They're beautiful formations and uh, – People go there quite often on a warm summer day. Beautiful spot. You no, know,
1: I think they also look spectacular when a storm is coming in off the lake. Uh,
2: yes, they do. There's not that many people there when a storm <laughs> no, is coming true. in off the lake. But uh, I do love to watch the sight of uh, large waves breaking against the uh, the, the rock formations that yeah. they've created there.
1: Well, one of the things I, I really did like about uh, your book, or do like about your book, Ron, is, is that, yes, some of the sites, and we'll come on to some of them perhaps in the last segment, are a little bit... Uh, you know, out in the wilds, there's a whole group here that are, are really very uh, easy to reach. Just an hmm. afternoon outing from
2: the GTA, for instance. Absolutely. Uh, the Yorkville Rock yes. is Tell just one that. example. It's up in the very upscale area called Yorkville. And uh, this takes back to the 1980s. Now, after the East-West Subway was built, the uh, subway line, there wasn't too much you could do on top of it, right? Because hmm. there was a tunnel underneath. So here in Yorkville, there was a parking lot. Right, so the city of Toronto and the Yorkville business owners decided, well, we want something a little more attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they hired a, an architect named Olusan Warland uh, to um, create a, a park which represented the various natural areas of Ontario. So you had a stand of birch. You have a kind of a meadow. You have a swamp type thing. But what they were missing was the Canadian Shield. Canadian Shield covers most of Ontario. What to do? Well, it's, let's, it's rather big, though the Canadian ship. It is rather right? big, so let's go blow up a rock and uh, up in Gravenhurst and put it back together down here. Well, that cost three hundred thousand dollars and raised quite a few eyebrows, and was very yeah. controversial at the time. But that particular park, rock included. Uh, it went on to win a number of architectural awards. It's, uh, and you can sit on the rock, you can have your lunch, you can uh, watch the celebrities uh, walk past. if It's, if a, they it's, do and, it's yeah.
1: a lovely open space in, in Yorkville, and, and my kids have climbed all yeah. over that
2: rock, as I'm sure many uh, of our listeners have. It's an unusual well. little park, and I just love it.
1: Yeah, uh, Another place, of course, that, that uh, has been given a new lease of life uh, is the old warehouse district. That's in, in, your, in your book, the Goodrum Warts.
2: Oh, the Goodrum and Warts, yes. Yeah. That's um, not so much a warehouse. I'm going to uh, correct you on that. It was a distillery. All right. A distillery. And that started back in the 1830s. It, well, that, that area was actually the mouth of the Don River where it flowed into Toronto Harbor. Uh, so the uh, Goodrum Warts put up a, a, um, a windmill mm-hmm. to power their um, gristmill operation. Now, some of the waste grist from a gristmill operation can be used to make whiskey, and so they did. They started up the Gooderman Wartz Distillery. And uh, they started to add buildings and added more buildings. It became very, very successful. And uh, by about 1900, it had 30-odd buildings. Uh, the oldest was a beautiful old limestone building. And uh, as time went by, they were purchased by other distilleries. And finally, around 1990, they closed down. No more booze. But a lot of the Hollywood movie makers and local TV producers and so on, thought this is an absolutely wonderful location to do movie shoots because the the brick streets were still there. The old 1880s type storefronts were still there. They have – they claim shot more than 800 movies and commercials in the distillery district. Then a group of entrepreneurs about 15 years ago uh, created an organization organization called Artscape – purchased the property for what was then a a bargain basement price and converted it into artists' studios and so on. Of course, it's grown quite a bit since then. Now you have markets, you have entertainment, you have coffee houses and you have some upscale restaurants down in there as well. And it is considered to be the best preserved industrial complex in Canada. Yeah, they've done a marvellous job down there and it works through all four seasons. They preserved the ambience of it very nicely and the, the oldest building is that limestone building dating from about the eighteen late 1860s.
1: Let's move uh, a little outside of uh, of Toronto it, okay. itself now and um, talk about uh, another one of, of, of your wonderful sites which we actually again talked about on a previous show. Our loyal travel show listeners who were listening to our show in June with the heart of Ontario will remember that we talked about Crawford Lake Well,
2: this appears on your list as (laughs) the lake with no waves. Yes, and uh, that's more or less literally true. Uh, There's only two of these kinds of lakes in Ontario. Geologists call them meromectic lakes, which means they're almost deeper than they are wide. And so what happens is you don't get a lot of turbulence at the bottom of the lake. It's it's kind of like two lakes, one on top of the other, one where you do get a bit of wind action, but down at the bottom, absolutely quiet, The sediments fall down there over hundreds and hundreds of years. They stay there so geologists and scientists can go down and pull up these sediments and know the history of the area. They found some Iroquois artifacts there. They looked around the area and discovered, hey, there was a very large Iroquois village right nearby. And within the conservation area, not only have they saved the lake, of course, with walkways, but they've recreated a palisaded Iroquois village with longhouses. And kids go there to learn about the lifestyle of our early First Nations people. It's a very special place, and it has a a very special atmosphere, I think. Well, it's very peaceful. Mm. You have an old, mature hardwood forest that you can walk through. And if you walk a few hundred meters uh, past the lake, you can come to a very nice outlook over at Nottawasaga Canyon, which is uh, part of the eroded Niagara Escarpment
1: Ah, now talking about the Niagara Escarpment and just uh, a few kilometres away, I guess, from from this side, are Ontario's oldest trees.
2: Well, the oldest trees don't have to be big trees. Uh, These are what you call eastern white cedars. And, of course, a lot of the cedars and a lot of the trees were removed during deforestation to make way for the farms. But along the cliff, these seeds from the white cedars would get lodged, right, down in the cracks and crevices, and they would start to grow under these cracks and crevices, very, very slowly. They never got big, but if you go to a place called Rattlesnake Point, mm-hmm. beautiful place, uh, people rappel up and down it, and look at some of these cedars growing out of the cliff, they may be six or seven hundred years old. Wow! Yeah, wow! Many
1: natural sites, but also some some man-made sites here. I mean, we have, for instance, Ontario's Taj Mahal.
2: Yes, the Taj Mahal is beautiful. Um, it was created uh, in the 1930s by a Toronto mayor who had lost his wife just recently, Thomas Foster. And he went around the world, came across the Taj Mahal in India, which is iconic. Everybody's seen pictures of it and decided he wanted to recreate something like this in Ontario as a monument to his wife. So on a hill just outside of Uxbridge in the 1930s, he did exactly that. It's a huge building. It's got a a Byzantine-style dome. Inside, it's all Italian marble. There's a dozen marble columns, all made of different types of Italian marble, and tiny mosaics made out of marble about an inch square all over the place. Right in the middle is a depiction of the Alpha and Omega, crossing of the River Styx.
1: Whoa. Okay, if you want a few more chills down the spine, we've got some haunted lighthouses here in, in, in this area. We have... The Hookers of Port Credit. I just steer you towards the book to find out more about those. Camp 30 and the Battle of Bowmanville. This one I like. James Bond and the Secret of Camp X. The Mud Church of Shanty Bay. I mean, there's so many good things here. But I think we're going to have to leave our listeners dangling on on this region. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll, we'll head up north towards the, the last of your four regions. And... Uh, don't go away because we are going to find out all about Ontario's Stonehenge when we come back. And if you want to find out more about um, some of our past shows that I've alluded to, you can always find them on the podcast on the Travel Show website at chrisrobinsontravelshow.com. For now, you're listening to the Chris Robinson Travel Show.
2: Hi there, I'm Janice Honeyman, a portfolio manager at Mackey Research Capital. Do you know what you need to know about converting your RSP to a RIF when you turn 71? Are you using a tax-free savings account to maximize your retirement income? Do you know that TFSA withdrawals do not affect old age security payment amounts, while RIF withdrawals can? You have options many people don't know about. I'm Janice Honeyman. If you have any questions, I can be reached at 416-860-7781. Member CIPF. Australia 1789.
0: For the country's good, Britain sends its petty criminals to a new colony on the other side of the world. To keep the peace, a young lieutenant stages a play with thieves, murderers, and prostitutes as actors. Our Country's Good comes to Toronto from a smash hit run in London. Don't miss this award-winning production that critics call exceptional and brilliant. Our Country's Good is on stage now at the Royal Alexandra Theatre through October 26th. For tickets, call 416-872-1212 or book at mervish.com. So, you want to build a home addition, a great room, or a bigger master bedroom? Well, here's the $64,000 question. How do you find the right home improvement company? Start by listening to other homeowners.
3: We would heartily recommend Royal Home Improvements.
0: Royal employees were friendly, professional, and offered excellent advice. Royal Home Improvements believes that when your customers win, you win. And they have. Winning Home Stars Best in the category of home additions. Visit royalhomeimprovements.ca and hear from more happy homeowners. Then call Paul and his award-winning team to discuss the dreams you have for your home. Upgrade your status to Royal Family Member at no extra cost. Call now and see if you qualify. It's a limited time offer, and certain conditions apply. Searching for a home improvement company? Choose Royal Home Improvements. It's a win-win. 416-236-4400. Seniors never pay tax with Royal Home Improvements. Proud to partner with the Sick Kids Foundation.
3: Feed your cat Meow Mix cat food,
2: you get a meow out. Hi, I'm Flash. I'm a cat, and this goes out to my buddy, Susie. Most of the day, I don't exactly live up to my name. I take it easy. But when you serve me Meow Mix, bang, I'm running around. It's amazing. Meow, 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 meow.
1: Make
3: a meow 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 out today. Visit Meow meow, Mix Canada on Facebook for your chance to win the ultimate concert experience of your choice. And learn more about 100% wholesome Meow meow, Mix cat food. The taste cats ask for by name. It's the Chevrolet 5-Day Ultimate Upgrade Event, which means for five days in September, it's your chance to get an ultimate upgrade at your GTA Chevrolet dealer. Drive in a 99 or newer in any maker model, and we'll give you an additional $750 discount. That's on top of 0% financing for 84 months on virtually all 2014 Chevrolets. If you're paying any interest, you're paying too much. So see your GTA Chevrolet dealer today for your ultimate upgrade. Only from September 16th to 20th. OAC. See dealer for details.
0: Crossing oceans and borders with no passport required. You're listening to The Chris Robinson Travel Show on Zoomer Radio,
1: the new AM740. Welcome back to The Chris Robinson Travel Show, where this week we're finding out that all is not as it seems in Ontario. There is a world of strange attractions awaiting those who read my guest Ron Brown's book, on the top 125 unusual things to see in Ontario. And in this last segment of the show, we've travelled up north to Cottage Country in northern Ontario, that huge swathe of land from Muskoka to James Bay and right across to Lake Superior. And first and foremost, Ron, I've got to ask you, what is this Ontario's Stonehenge all about?
2: Well, Chris, it was a surprise to me as well. I used to do a lot of work uh, up in northern Ontario as part of a, a nine-to-five job I actually held down for a few years. <laughs> and I was uh, visiting Larder Lake and uh, met a surveyor uh, there. And um, we went out to this wooded area on the shore of the lake. And here is this huge area of gigantic boulders, all sort of in this one location. I thought, hmm. what on earth's going on here? And he told me the story about how a few years previous, a surveyor like himself, had mapped the configuration of these stones, took it back to his office and realized that the stones were arranged to coincide with the rising and setting of the sun during the summer and winter solstice, just like Stonehenge wow. in England. And there's, there's another Stonehenge or two in England as well that people may not know about. Uh, so that, that was quite unusual. I don't think they've done anything to make access particularly easy or accessible, but I believe it's still public land. There's also a nearby quarry, a First Nations quarry, where they quarried flint uh, to make their weapons. It was on a major First Nations travel route as well. So, there's a, this very interesting element in that area. And so, we, we are truly up in the north here, aren't we? Larder Lake is uh, probably about uh, two and a half to three hours north of North Bay, uh, just off of Highway 11. Yeah. Right. Okay. How about Ontario's Ghost Town Train? Well, I love trains and I think it's uh, disheartening to see the cutbacks which Via Rail is being forced to make. But one which still lingers is uh, a Via train called the Superior, which runs three times a week from Sudbury to White River and back. I call it the Ghost Town train because when those tracks were laid back in the 19- 1880s, a number of sawmill towns grew up along them, places like uh, Bisco Tasing and so on. Uh, Bisco Tasing, by the way, was uh, one time home to uh, Archie Grey Owl Bulleni at one time. He uh, got around a little geez, bit. There's a lot of
1: places did. lay claim to
2: him. <laughs> yes, well, apparently he uh, had uh, allegedly stabbed somebody in Bisco Tasing, disappeared into the woods and re-emerged as Grey Owl. <laughs> Bisco Tasing is a bit of a ghost town now, it used to have a sawmill. Uh, but this particular train, it goes from Sudbury, like I say, to White River, past other ghost, gold mining ghost town like Lockhouse, for example. Mm. And uh, ends up in White River, which is the birthplace of none other than Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh.
1: Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, yes. <laughs> and,
2: Everybody's uh, got to know that. I think a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of folks know the story about how a Canadian Army captain uh, picked up this bear cub and named it Winnipeg after his hometown. Yeah. Took it over to England where it was nicknamed Winnie the Pooh and a children's favorite in the London Zoo where A. a. Milne was inspired to write his children's stories. White River has... Uh, taken away the brand, which it used to have as being uh, Canada's coldest spot, and now they promote Winnie the Pooh as an attraction. They've got a statue out by the highway, and the tourist center's got all kinds of uh, Winnie the Pooh memorabilia of all things. Yeah, I
1: think that's a very sensible move on their part. I think Winnie yes. the Pooh is a lot a lot better of a tourist attraction than being the coldest part. I think so. I think so.
2: It's still the coldest part. <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that doesn't change. No. While we're in this area, kind of north of Superior, I guess, the Grand Canyon North, and this is somewhere mm-hmm. that I've been to uh, yeah. again and was bowled
2: over. I mean, this really is scenery on a very dramatic scale. It is. It was so dramatic that it attracted uh, some of the group of seven artists to that Location. What it is, it's a very long, straight cleft in uh, the bedrock up there. It's about 150 meters wide and 150 meters deep, so it's straight up and down and very deep and dark, so much so that Arctic vegetation can grow there and snow persists into July, almost like it did this past year. In any event, uh, you can go there. It's part of a provincial park. Uh, Be careful because the, the edges are not all fenced. The next park, next canyon over, is very similar. It's called Eagles Canyon, and you can actually zip line across <laughs> Eagle Canyon oh, yes. if you wanted to. There's a, there's a great little uh, kind of suspension bridge too. Yeah, the suspension bridge as well. It's uh, just off of Highway 17 uh, near the community of Nipigon.
1: And continue along that highway, and you come, of course, to Thunder Bay eventually. And you found an oddity in Thunder Bay.
2: Thunder Bay uh, Pagoda is. Uh, the only one I've ever seen like it. Now, Thunder Bay began life as a community called Port Arthur. Mm-hmm. And its rival was Fort William. And Fort William became a major railway center. Port Arthur wanted to do something as well. So they convinced the Canadian Northern to build a hotel called the Prince Arthur Hotel. But when the people got off the train, they wanted to welcome them with kind of a welcome center. So they created this kind of a multinational style pagoda with indian features in the the dome at the top and tuscan features in the pillars around the side and just to keep it canadian they have carved beavers and maple leaves <laughs> right. into the doorways as well and it's it's an eight sided thing and it's a It used to have polka dots on the roof for some darn reason or other. And at one point there, the municipal council thought they'd tear it down, but uh, saner heritage heads managed to prevail. (laughs) And it's uh, right there beside the uh, Prince Arthur Hotel, which, which itself is a lovely hotel. And right across the street is one of the old stations that people used to get off at. The Canadian Northern Station is one of the most beautiful stations in Ontario with two pyramid roofs and all kinds of stonework and brickwork all around it. Now, now part of uh, waterfront revitalization.
1: And indeed, we've broadcast one of our on-location travel shows uh, from there in the past. So again, I've got a great affection for that. The other um, yeah, the one that I really wanted to talk about uh, before we uh, we finish the show is the boats on rails, because this, <laughs> yes. this is quite the uh, unique way of, of getting your boat from
2: point A to point B. Well, I took a, a bus group in there, sometimes lead bus tours, and the, the people on the bus never heard of this place. They looked in awe at this particular location. Right. It was part of the uh, the Trent Severn Waterway where people had to get their boats up and, up and down the Severn River. But at this particular location, the cliffs were so high that you couldn't really build locks. You would have had to put them almost right on top of each other. So they uh, completed what they called a marine railway, which is a a kind of a a wagon on rails that uh, goes up to the top. It submerges itself in the water. The boats float on. They tie the boats to the wagon. The wagon reemerges, goes down the side of the cliff and submerges itself once again at the bottom. Well, in the last... 10, 12 years, they created a a new wagon, much bigger. You can probably put a dozen decent-sized motorcraft on this particular particular thing. There's an interpretive center there. It's very accessible on um, Six Mile Lake Road from Highway 400. So, again, yes, very easy to get to. Easy to get to. Okay, Ron. I mean, how
1: did you compile the list? I mean, you actually have a list of 500 of these places from which you
2: kind of pared down these these 125? Well, I do a lot of uh, reading, various sources. I, I drive around a lot just for fun, just for the heck of it. People yeah. send me emails saying, have you thought about uh, this particular site here? And I've picked up on that. Um, Ontario Naturalist Association has got a, a great book. Uh, there's a, a book called Road Rocks of Ontario. It's got a couple hundred uh, sites in it that can easily be considered unusual things to see. So that comes from all all different directions from my own background as a geographer particularly. Yeah. And uh, it's not, not hard to compile, like you say, probably five hundred.
1: Yeah, you're a geographer. I should have recognized a kindred spirit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: Likewise. I've got a geographical background. Good for back, you. Good for right you. Yeah. Now where can listeners find your, your book? in uh good bookstores everywhere <laughs> as they say I would think it's uh, just recently out and I know Chapters Indigo carries them and uh, a lot of independent bookstores which as an author I really like to to see yes i see. Uh, they carry them as well good and you've got your online resource of course uh yes and i i take bus tours like i say out to some of these sites as well based on the book so there's there's all kinds of ways people can enjoy the unusual things we see in ontario
1: okay last question um, if you had to choose one of these 125, Ron,
2: which one is it going to be? <laughs> it is going to be uh, the Scarborough Bluffs uh, for sentimental reasons. <laughs> I grew up there. And uh, we moved there in the mid-50s, and there was no roads going down the Bluffs then. Bluffers Park didn't exist. We would have to scramble up and down these uh, ridges, which we call the Dutch Chapel Ridges. We'd go down there with our coke and guitars, light a bit of a campfire. Uh, but it's just the because I grew up there... It was the first unusual thing I ever saw, and I think people will find it very unusual just to go down with their car and their camping chairs and a case of Cokes, hopefully. (laughs) Well, of course. It's it's lovely to end on that one,
1: uh, because if you're coming from Montreal to to spend uh, a long weekend, perhaps in Toronto, it's easy to see. If you are in the GTA area, well, it's a hop, skip and a jump. Um, And it's just... I think, probably a starting point for the other 124 (laughs) sites in your book. And it's easy to get to. You just drive down Brimley Road to the bottom. My thanks to uh, Ron Brown for adding to my list of must-sees very close to home. And join us next week for another travel experience. And in the meantime, you can find out more about the show at chrisrobinsontravelshow.com. Till then, bon voyage and cheerio from the Chris Robinson Travel Show. Chris Robinson here again with our weekly roundup of travel news. And firstly, I have to report that both of our major airlines are jumping on the US airline bandwagon and charging for the first item of checked luggage. WestJet announced this week that it will begin charging $25 on the first bag of luggage checked in. The new fee will apply to economy fares for travel within Canada and between the US and Canada. The new fee comes into effect immediately for bookings for flights scheduled to depart from October 29. Guests flying to any of WestJet's international destinations, including Mexico, the Caribbean and Central America, escape this charge, at least for now. Air Canada quickly followed suit later in the week by announcing that it also is going to start charging passengers booking economy Tango fares $25 for their first checked bag on flights within Canada but also to the Caribbean and Mexico. The change is effective immediately on bookings for travel on or after November 2. Now how's this for a hot tip? You can see the Bardabunga volcanic eruption in Iceland up close and personal on a 4x4 jeep tour with Icelandic farm holidays. The tour brings you as close to the erupting fissure as restrictions allow. You will enjoy not only views of the lava glow, but also a visit to the Foss waterfall, a relaxing dip in a natural geothermal pool at Laugafell, and a northern light search on the way back to Lake Myvatn in northern Iceland from where the tour also starts. Here are a couple of interesting travel deals to consider this week. Trafalgar Tours has an early booking offer for its Europe 2015 preview tours. If you guarantee your place on one of their 2015 Europe trips now, you can not only lock in 2014 prices, but you can also take up, up to an extra $1,700 per couple with their 10% early payment discount. For instance, you can save $1,700 per couple on the European Supreme Itinerary, departing June 1st next summer. Trafalgar's deals are available on select itineraries featured on the Trafalgar website at trafalgar.com can. GoWay, the South Pacific specialist tour company, has an offer to tempt those with Australia and New Zealand on their bucket list. If you book one of their trips to New Zealand or Australia by the end of November, flying with Fiji Airways, you can stop off in Fiji and receive two free nights accommodation at either the Sofitel Fiji Resort and Spa or the Radisson Blue Fiji Denaro Resort and Spa. I recommend this as a great way to break up the long Trans-Pacific flight, And Travel Show listeners will remember our show featuring Fiji last year. It really is a gorgeous destination. Next week on The Travel Show, we're off to explore one of Europe's most exciting and most visited destinations. We're travelling to Germany. A country with a fascinating history that stretches from Roman times to modern geopolitical events. A country with wonderful cities like Berlin and Frankfurt a country with 39 UNESCO World Heritage Sites and an extraordinary heritage of customs and traditions as beloved as Christmas markets and cuckoo clocks and as delicious as Frankfurt green sauce and Black Forest Gâteau. This November will mark the 25th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall and there will be many celebrations and events to mark this momentous occasion. So call in at the ChrisRobinsonTravelShow.com website for the details of this next show. And come skipping across the Atlantic with me next Saturday at 1pm here on AM 740 as I report on the many and varied delights of vacationing in Germany on the Chris Robinson Travel Show.